You're listening to a podcast from the Tudor and Stuart Ireland Conference. The 8th Annual Tudor and Stuart Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference took place at Queen's University Belfast in August 2018. The conference was generously supported by the School of History, Anthropology, Philosophy and Politics, the School of Arts, English and Languages and the Institute of Irish Studies, all at Queen's University Belfast and by Marsh's Library. As in previous years, the majority of papers were recorded for podcasting by Real Smart Media, in association with HistoryHub.ie. There are now more than 200 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences freely available. To access this archive, go to HistoryHub.ie forward slash podcasts or visit TudorStuartIreland.com. In this episode, a recording of a paper by Dr. Darren McGettigan. This paper was entitled An Anonymous Sermon Made in Opposition to King Henry VIII's Reformation Recorded in Donegal in 1539. Can the Franciscan friar who gave it be identified? The Protestant Reformation began in Ireland in, in 1536 and 1537 uh, with the convening of an Irish Reformation Parliament by the, the English King Henry VIII. Uh, this was followed by the suppression of the first Irish monasteries in the Dublin region uh, and other areas of, of English control uh, on the island, places like Waterford and, and, and some of the bigger towns. Uh, however, outside these confined districts, uh, the Reformation failed to progress as the local Gaelic Irish uh, and old English elites ignored what was happening in Dublin, uh, although they, they may indeed have awaited developments with, with some trepidation. Uh, one of the Gaelic Irish regions was the O'Donnell Lordship of Tyrconnell, the territory roughly uh, equates to modern County Donegal. Uh, Tyrconnell was one of the, the more powerful autonomous Gaelic Irish lordships, as, as, as the previous speaker uh, 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 highlighted. Uh, uh, and, and, and its influence was, was, was growing in, in the early 16th century, uh, again due to, as the previous speaker mentioned, the uh, growing chaos in the, uh, uh, in the O'Neill Lordship. Uh, so, if you, uh, around f- April 1539, uh, a merchant from Galway, uh, Thomas Lynch, uh, recorded that he, uh, that he was late, or that, that he had just been in, in O'Donnell's country with uh, a ship with wines, and uh, while he was in Donegal Town, uh, uh, Lynch heard a sermon uh, 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 preached against uh, uh, the Reformation. Probably, he doesn't say exactly who gave it, but probably by one of the, uh, the Franciscan observant friars. And uh, uh, some of you might be aware of the, the, uh, the speech it's in, in, in the Henry State Papers. Well, I, I, I'll just read out the, the, uh, uh, the paragraph that, that, that Lynch recorded of, 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 of the sermon that he heard. So it says, uh, The friars and priests of all the Irish, uh, not only of O'Donnell's country, uh, but all other, whereas I was, to preach daily uh, that every man ought for the salvation of his soul, uh, fight to make war against our, our sovereign lord, the king's majesty, and his true subjects. And if any of them, we shall so fight against his, his said majesty or his subjects, die in the quarrel, uh, his, soul that, his soul shall be dead, shall, shall go to heaven uh, as the soul of St. Peter, Paul, and others, uh, which suffer death for an martyrdom for, uh, for God's sake. And for as much as I did traverse some of such words, I was cast out of church and from their masses during a certain time of day uh, for, a, for, 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 a, for a heretic, and I was greatly afraid. So that's a typical uh, 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 language of, of, uh, 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 of the time. So, so you get the idea that that leads us in uh, uh, Donegal, and he hears this uh, uh, sermon in the monastery, and he must have said something, or, 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 uh, and, 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 and uh, he was thrown out of the, 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 the chapel by the... Uh, 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 by the locals, so so he doesn't name the the, uh, the person who gave the speech. So so just 
for the next few minutes while, while I have you here. Uh, uh, so I'll su suggest a possible candidate uh, for the identity of the uh, of the friar, and also m maybe possibly some some consequences that uh, 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 preaching like that words have consequences. So 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 uh, some of the consequences that that type of preaching might have had in in, in that part of the Gaelic Ireland at the time. Uh, okay, so, so although not specifically indicated, the sermon uh, appears to have been preached within the observant uh, Franciscan friary at Donegal Town. Uh, Donegal at the time was a rare example uh, of an early modern Gaelic Irish urban centre and was the capital of the, uh, the O'Donnell Lordship. Uh, in 1539, the Lord Territory was Manus O'Donnell. He reigned from 1537 up to 1555, and he was deposed then, he died a few years later in, in 1563. So Donegal is described as uh, though small, it is rendered important by the, uh, the fortified residence of the priest. Oh, sorry, of the prince. So we, we saw the castle uh, uh, a few minutes ago. So the observant, so observant friary in the town was a, a prestigious building uh, located beside the harbour. Uh, the friary was patronised by the O'Donnell lords and by many of the, the other nobles of, of, of West Ulster also, uh, and it was a, a favoured burial place for, for, for much of the local. Uh, uh, nobility. The annals are full of, of records of, of various chieftains from all over that part of Ireland uh, being buried in the Abbey in Donegal. So the Franciscan friars said they were highly regarded by the local population and they do appear to have a, had a substantial civilising effect on, 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 on this part of Gaelic Ireland. Uh, this has previously been noted by uh, the late Brendan Bradshaw in, in, in his famous article on Manus Magnificent. Uh, O'Donnell's Renaissance Prince, which he, he published in, 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 in uh, uh, way back in, in, in 1979. So uh, uh, it's the history of the Franciscan Order in Ireland, written at the Irish College in, in Louvain or, or Leuven in Belgium uh, in 1617, that provides the, the information uh, and the clues, I think, to the preacher uh, in Donegal who, who, who opposed the Reformation in 1539. Uh, the text was written by uh, uh, Father Anthony Purcell. Uh, and it was written from materials that had recently been collected by uh, 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 a Donegal uh, uh, Franciscan Donamuni who, 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 uh, who was travelling around Ireland and he was collecting uh, uh, material from the various Franciscan houses that he, uh, 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 that he was able to visit. So, so Father Mooney began his adult life as, as one of Rachel O'Donnell's soldiers uh, and then he decided to become a novice in the Donegal Friary and he was sacristan of the convent in, in 1601. So Dunham was actually the last friar to escape from the monastery when uh, the English captured it in 1601 and he fled by boat with uh, the treasures in the monastery. So if you can imagine that, he, uh, uh, he, I think he, he escaped to, to the county Sligo. Uh, so Father Mooney became the first guardian of the Irish College in Louvain in 1607 and he was elected provincial of the Irish Franciscans in 1615. So he visited Ireland in, from 1615 to 1617 uh, and that's when he collected uh, those materials, and then he returned, gave them to Father Parcel, and uh, uh, Father Parcel wrote this history of the, the Irish Franciscan province, uh, which he's, he said he completed it on the 2nd of November, uh, 1617. Uh, so the Franciscan history records that in the early decades of the 16th century, uh, there was a famous preacher in Donegal known as uh, Father Bernard Gray, uh, known as the poor man. Uh, he was regarded like, locally as a saint, and he was reputed to have the power heal the sick and uh, have the, he, had, he had the gift of prophecy and that also that he was a powerful preacher and produced remarkable, remarkable fruit in the, in the minds of the, the, the hearers. I, I'm going to be quoting from the documents so I, I, won't, I, I won't stop to tell you but this is just as I, uh, 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 as I go on there. But, uh, okay, so, 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 so Father Gray was an alias for, for, for his real name which was uh, Brian McGrath 
and he states he's born in Fermanagh in the Diocese of Clare. So the, the Franciscan history says his parents, parents occupied a, a respectable position in life, and it appears that they were members of the, the ecclesiastical uh, McGrath dynasty, and they were co-arbs of Terman McGrath or McGrath Sanctuary. This was a large piece of uh, uh, church land or autonomous church land in Stanbridge between the O'Donnell and the Maguire Lordships. So it's, it's, it's actually it was actually it's largely geographically, but mostly mountain and 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 and, and lakes and stuff. But uh, uh, so as a result, uh, he might have been, uh, Brian McGrath probably related somehow to Milan McGrath. Uh, I don't know how he managed it, but he, he was both a Catholic and a Protestant bishop at the same time later on. So, so, so he was a he's a remarkable figure in in in, in later 16th century uh, uh, Irish history. So, Termin McGrath was sometimes referred to as Termin de Volk. It's the uh, uh, location of St Patrick's Purgatory, is the famous pilgrimage destination in in in, in late medieval uh, times. Uh, and, and, and the McGraths were, were quite wealthy by the, by, by the standards of, of 16th century Gaelic Ireland, even though the, their, their, their territory was quite a bit of a, bit of a wilderness. But, but still, they were, they, they, they were a wealthy uh, uh, ecclesiastical family. Uh, so the Franciscan history records that Father McGrath joined the Order of St. Francis and entered upon his novitiation in the convent of Donegal. Uh, although he belonged to a wealthy family of honourable position, he was especially distinguished in religion by, by a lot of uh, poverty, and for this reason... Uh, he was deservedly called, as, a, as I said, the poor man. Uh, so, Franciscan history records that for, uh, Father Brian McGrath he, he died on the 20th of April, 1549. Some sources say uh, uh, 1540, 40, 40, 47. So, uh, Franciscan history gives uh, uh, a good deal of bi- biographical material uh, about Father McGrath, which is a unique record. It's not in the annals or anything. Uh, he, he, even his death, his obituary isn't recorded in the annals. Uh, so, there's one interesting story in, in, in the Franciscan history. It says... Uh, there was a certain countryman living not far from the convent uh, who used to gather the alms in the district for the friars and sent the collection to Donegal. He, he had great devotion towards the brethren of St. Francis and especially towards Father Bernard. His cattle on one occasion were attacked uh, by a contagious and fatal disease. He determined to seek Father Bernard and beg some holy water from him. Uh, he went to the convent, saw him and ob- obtained his re- request. And Father Bernard, however, enjoined him to avoid those charms which some simple-minded people procure from hags and witches, uh, to recite immediately on his return, the Our Father, Hail Mary and Creed, with his wife and children, and then trusting in God's goodness to sprinkle the cattle with, with, with holy water. Again, that's, that's what people uh, believed and, 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 and wrote of, uh, uh, at the time. So, so, so uh, Father McGrath's preaching powers uh, were such that uh, it's recorded in the Franciscan history that, that the Earl of Kildare, uh, that he sent for... This is probably Gerald Moore that he sent for Father Bernard uh, for the purpose. Sorry, probably Gerald Old. Sorry, <laughs> he sent for the purpose of hearing him preach, for which he was renowned for, for his eloquence. And his superiors directed him to comply with the Earl's request, and he travelled uh, 150 miles in obedience to the instructions received. So the, the Earl of Kildare, the Lord Deputy, summons the uh, 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 from Donegal to preach, to preach before him, and he, he, he travels down to, to the Pale to. Uh, 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 to, do, to do that. Uh, so Father, Father McGrath's influence appears to have been greatest over, over Manus O'Donnell, uh, the Lord of Tyrconnell, from 1537 to 1555. Uh, in 1535, O'Donnell's wife, uh, Siobhan, or, or Joan O'Neill, uh, she would have been the sister of O'Don- O'Donnell's ally at the time. That's, that's the, the well-known Combaco Con- O'Neill, the Lord of Tyrone. Uh, so, so Siobhan dies at the age of 42, in 1535, and uh, the four masters, the gentlemen four masters, uh, 
called her the most renowned woman uh, for her years of her time for piety and hospitality. And, and uh, Manus O'Donnell seems to have been genuinely fairly or very upset by, 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 by the, uh, uh, the death of his wife. Uh, he, he seems to be uh, uh, particularly fond, uh, fond of her. So, so the Franciscan history says that uh, uh, Manus O'Donnell uh, was plunged into the depths of grief by the death of his wife, Joan O'Neill, uh, whom he had exceedingly loved, and she had died a short time before. Uh, on one occasion, when the prince was praying in the church, Father Bernard drew him aside into one of the chapels uh, and inquired the cause of his sadness. O'Donnell spoke of the great virtues and loving qualities of his departed wife, and declaring that her loss was the sole reason for his grief, gave way to sorrow uh, in a most pitiable manner. In a most pitiable manner. Uh, if you promise me, said Father Bernard, never to speak of it during my lifetime, I will impart to you something uh, which will give you uh, consolation. The prince gave him his word of honour, and he then told how as we were celebrating Mass that morning and offering the sacrifice uh, for the princess, uh, he beheld her soul received into heaven, and the vision recounted by this holy man gave such comfort to O'Donnell that he laid aside all his griefs and sadness, and this was a great subject of great astonishment uh, uh, to all. So, uh, put aside whatever you might think of the, uh, uh, the story, it's, 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 it's uh, quite unusual to find a record like that from, 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 from Gaelic Ireland, you know, of a, a Franciscan... Uh, Kind of counselling a a a a chieftain, so 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 he seems to have have had had quite an influence over 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 Manson. So that's why I think that probably Father McGrath is a good candidate for to have been the Franciscan preacher, heard by Thomas Lynch in Donegal in fifteen thirty nine. Of course, like Father McGrath, he might have been too. Too humane of a man to make a sermon like that, but but he, he was the best preacher in Donegal at the time, so so he's a, uh, uh, I think he's a good candidate anyway. So there were a small number of Catholic clergy in, in the Turkana Lordship who were actively opposed to the Reformation. Fifteen thirty eight, Bishop of Derry, Rory O'Donnell, uh, he wrote a, we a blistering letter is a good, good, good description of the uh, against King, King Henry and what, what he was doing in Ireland. Uh, uh, and uh, this letter was sent to Rome. It was captured by uh, uh, captured, the ship was captured, and, 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 and the Irish priest Roger O'Spellan, uh, described as an honest and discreet monk, uh, 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 was captured too. So, so uh, the English wrote, wrote an account of what was in the letter. It said Bishop O'Donnell accused the English deputy of uh, refusing to recognise the Pope. Of proceeding to burn houses, destroy churches, ravish maids, spoil and kill the innocent, to kill all priests who pray for the Pope, uh, it would fill a book to tell of their cruelties. So, so there were other uh, 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 clerics in 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 in, in Turkonel who, who uh, actively working against uh, uh, the Reformation and and, and uh, Art Art Gallagher, Art Sinofilum, Fino Gallagher. Uh, he's a future bishop of Rafa. He he was uh, uh, caught by the English as well, travelling. Uh, back from Scotland, where uh, uh, the O'Donnells were, were 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 trying to, I think they were lobbying the, the Stuart Kings for, uh, uh, for for assistance. So 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 the preaching of the the uh, observant Franciscan in the in early 1539 raised the question uh, as to whether the Friars' words were partly responsible for the invasion of the the Pale uh, launched by O'Neill and O'Donnell uh, soon after. Uh, the invasion was primarily launched in support of the, the Geraldine League. This was a, a wide-ranging Gaelic Irish and, and Old English Confederacy uh, formed to pressurise King Henry into restoring uh, the only surviving heir of the 
Bjorn's Glare, uh, Garrodo Fitzgerald uh, to, to, his, to his titles and, uh, and his estates. And it was a, seemed to be a major raid. Uh, the combined armies of O'Neill and O'Donnell, they plundered the towns of Ardee and Navan, and then they reached their, their, their uh, destination, which was the, the Hill of Tara, which is very symbolic, the, the centre of the old high kingship of, uh, of Ireland. So uh, uh, this is kind of an intriguing destination. Uh, Pope Paul III, uh, because of Henry's actions, he kind of regarded uh, Henry as having invalidated laudability, which is the medieval grant of the island uh, to the English monarchy by, by, by Pope Adrian IV. Uh, so so uh, Henry's actions, uh, in the Pope's eyes, he seems to have invalidated uh, the grant. So, so the Pope seems to have uh, recognised Combac O'Neill, the O'Neill chieftain, as, as his new king of Ireland. Uh, Pope sent letters uh, to him uh, addressed to uh, uh, our most dear son in Christ, Con O'Neill the Greater, our noble king of our realm of Ireland. Uh, the Pope wrote also, Fallen from the Mother Church of Rome and Sacred Chair Peter, uh, he absolved O'Neill's noble princely race and all other the noble princes within the nation uh, from all acknowledgement, fealty, tith- and tithes of uh, otherwise whatsoever vowed or vowed unto any, any, any power. So, so, so. That's obviously very unrealistic. Uh, uh, as our last speaker said, John Eales were in terrible trouble at the time, and, and there's no way a comeback of O'Neill had the power to become uh, 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 King of Ireland. I'm sure he probably didn't even want to anyway. So, so this invasion of the Pale ended in disaster. Uh, the, Gaelic, Irish, the Gaelic soldiers were laden down with spoil, and they were caught on the, the fort of Bella Hall by the Lord Deputy Lord Grey uh, with the levies of the Pale, uh, and they, uh, they were defeated. Uh, by the vanguard of the of Lord Deputy Gray's army, uh, the Annals of the Four Masters give one uh, casualty. That's Mulmery Murdoch McSweeney. He may have been uh, Manus O'Donnell's uh, standard bearer. Uh, the Pale's man, Gerald Fleming, later he he, uh, uh, he stated that he, 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 he that he that he killed O'Donnell's standard bearer, and he sent uh, 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 the standard to Thomas Cromwell in England and asked permission to travel to England as well to. Uh, present uh, the standard bearer's horse to the to, to the Lord Deputy. So Edmund Campion, writing later in fifteen seventy one, said that uh, there was about four hundred Irish soldiers killed at that, that, that uh, uh, defeat in in, in uh, at Bellahoe. So so the ramifications of the defeat of Bellahoe were far ranging. Uh, Manus O'Donnell he quickly abandoned his alliance with Combagoc O'Neill. Uh, he divorced Lady Eleanor Fitzgerald, uh, who was the aunt of, of Gerald Fitzgerald. Uh, shipped Gerald off to France. Uh, uh, 19th century uh, uh, print of the uh, of uh, Gerald being brought to, to, to his ship. Uh, even some interest shown uh, finally in the Catholic cause by the Pope uh, 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 didn't didn't uh, stop only O'Donnell uh, making an uh, accommodation with Henry VIII. Uh, Paul Pope Paul III sent three Spanish Franciscans to Ireland via the Scottish court. Uh, I'm not sure if they reached Ireland. James V seems to have had a change of heart at the very last minute. But he did write letters to the Irish chieftains uh, asking for a kind reception and the supply they need. Uh, in fact, the same treatment as he'd expect for his own men. And in particular, he wrote to come back up O'Neill that he hopes they will be kindly received in, in O'Neill's territory. Uh, so after 1539, Manus O'Donnell sought accommodation with King Henry. Uh, but Farmer Grand, the observance into the gods survived. Uh, the Archdiocese did no intention of suppressing their monasteries and things like that, and a lot of them survived until, until uh, uh, 1601. 
so records, these records of Farrah McGrath are, are fairly unique. They're not, not in the annals. Uh, whether he was this friar, I, I think it's, it's likely. Of course, there was a chance he might not have been. Uh, but I think it does indicate that maybe resistance to the Reformation in the 1530s in Gaelic Ireland might be a bit more substantial than we think. But that maybe, I think, this, the defeat at Bellahoe in 1539, that, that uh, really uh, 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 defeated uh, open military resistance to the Reformation. And, and uh, after that, uh, the, the chieftains began to make accommodations with, uh, with King Henry, even though they, they rarely uh, fulfilled what, what, what they promised. But, but uh, it seems 1539 seems to be, have been an important turning point in, in, in uh, 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 the early Reformation uh, in Ireland. So, so yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, that's enough. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this Tudor and Stuart Ireland Conference podcast. If you would like to access the archive of more than 200 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences, please go to historyhub.ie forward slash podcasts. All podcasts are freely available on iTunes and on SoundCloud. For more information on the annual Tudor and Stuart Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference, visit the conference website at tudorstuartireland.com.